Hey, everybody. Great to connect with you guys the last Sunday of 2020. What a year we have lived through this year. You know, it's been such a crazy year as we look back on uh, the, the COVID situation that has just overwhelmed everything. Uh, the uh, contentious election that we've all just walked through that in, in some people's minds is still being contested. Um, the idea that you can't hardly watch the news anymore uh, because it feels like it's, it's fake news. Uh, there's been shutdowns of all kinds of restaurants. There's been regulations put on people that seem sometimes to be a little bit ridiculous. And uh, we're all having to wear a mask almost everywhere. And I get wearing the mask, but it still can get old. Uh, and then because of all of this, I think it's just strained emotional health, spiritual health, mental health for so many people. So the journey for the last several weeks, uh, has I've been uh, asking us all to live our highest life, to start uh, thinking about the things that are above. And this series of messages that I'm in right now, we're talking about accessing heaven's atmosphere, about continuing to disengage from all this negativity that's around us. And uh, there's a few things that the Bible tells us we can do that will help us to engage with heaven, engage with a positive zone for our lives. And I want to read these verses in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, starting in verse 16, says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Three activities that we could all engage ourselves with to pray without ceasing in everything, to give thanks, to rejoice always. And the Bible says, this is God's will for you, for me, in Christ Jesus. All of these activities are always going to be aligning us with the will of God. And I believe that when we put these into practice, it's literally aligning us with heaven with heaven's atmosphere, with heaven's resources. You know, when I could think about all of this, I realize it moves us into a, a much more positive zone. Whereas there are so many negative things going on around us, as we engage in these activities, it's moving us into a faith zone, into a, a zone that accesses heaven and receives from heaven. And I, and I just, I think it's important to understand the power of going positive, the power of going not just a positive mental attitude, but understanding what the Bible says about going positive. Because we're never being called to ignore uh, what's wrong or what's difficult or what's bad in life. I mean, you got to remember, Paul is writing most of his work as he was in a prison cell. So he didn't have a great set of circumstances, but he learned to take it higher. And that's my encouragement for us in this season is that 
We're just going to give. I know there's bad stuff going on, negative things happening, difficult things happening, but I, I believe the call would be to, to give a higher profile to what's good and what's right and what's higher. What you focus on, you get more of. So when you focus on positive, you get more positive. But if you stay focused on negative, you get more negative. What you focus on, you get more of what you focus on. That's what you really end up finding. And it still amazes me how some people have this weird uh, adverse view on having a positive mindset, a rejoicing, a giving thanks, a, a praying without ceasing mindset. Some people think it's like it's shallow or it's weak to be positive. Some people even think it's unbiblical uh, to move into this zone. But the truth is, I found for myself, and I believe most of us would recognize this, is that it's actually easy for human nature to want to go cynical or negative or find out, find the things and stay focused on the things that are wrong. It really takes a choice to rejoice, to, to give thanks, to, to pray without ceasing. So I want to keep talking about this idea for a few more moments today about making the choice to rejoice always. So I've talked about this, uh, just to review a couple of thoughts. Number one, joy is foundational to the kingdom of God. It's not an added thing that is given to us, but it's really at the foundation of what it means to be a believer, what it means to walk in the kingdom of God. Romans 14, verse 17 says the kingdom of God it's not about eating and drinking. It's not about rules and regulations, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The second idea that is, I think, so important is, is to recognize that your joy is your strength. Nehemiah in his building, battling, rebuilding day of, of rebuilding the wall around Jerusalem that had fallen apart this, is, this verse always speaks to me, Nehemiah 8.10. He said to them, go eat of the fat, drink of the sweet, send portions to him who has nothing prepared. In other words, have enough to send out. <laughs> enough peace, enough joy, enough faith, uh, enough love that you can actually give out to other people around you. This day is holy to our God. Don't be grieved for the joy of the Lord is your strength one of the most vital lessons that we can learn. Third idea that I think is so vital is that to recognize joy is a character quality. It's not a personality issue. Uh, Galatians 5 tells us about the fruit of the Spirit. It's love, joy, peace, patience. The fruit of the Spirit is character qualities. And so Sometimes it would be easy to go, well, it's just not my personality to go positive. It's not my personality to rejoice or be grateful. But the truth is, it's not about personality. It's about character, the fruit of the Spirit in our life. And then the third idea, fourth idea, I'm sorry, is don't postpone joy. James chapter 1 says, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. In other words, when you're going through trials, when you're going through tests, you might think once this is over, I can 
locate some joy. I can rejoice. But the truth is, as soon as you finish one trial, one test, I can just tell you another one is coming along the way. So don't postpone your joy. Let me share a couple of other ideas with you today about the concept of rejoicing always. Number five, you got to recognize that joy fills your tank. Joy fills your cup. Joy fills your soul. I think this is interesting. Jesus several times said this in the book of John, uh, verse 15, 11, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. So he wants our joy to be full. John 16, verse 24, until now, You've asked for nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive that your joy be made full. John 17, verse 13 says, Now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, so that they may have my joy made full in themselves. In other words, it should be obvious that it's a strong topic a strong concern of Jesus that our joy would be made full. Jesus wants us to live lives of fullness, not just lives of barelyness, just barely getting by. He wants our joy to be full. To, to operate off of empty is a whole different life than learning to operate off of full. Running on empty is no way to live your life. I remember back when I was a teenager, we had one of the guys that was in our group of guys. We'd drive around. He had the big, uh, huge Bonneville, Pontiac, I think. And the car was enormous. And he would always just throw a couple of bucks in, uh, just barely off of empty, And I remember one time saying to my buds, hey, let's all pull together. Let's fill this car up with gas. It would be far better to be running every time it went down two bucks to fill it back up again than to live close to the edge of empty. And I believe that for you and I, that's the way God wants us to live. One of my very first pastors that taught me about ministry taught me this, all ministry is the overflow of your relationship with God. God wants you to be full, full, not just full, but full to overflowing. Uh, Psalm 23, verse 5 says this, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You've anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. I like that idea. My cup overflows. You know, some people have this idea about, you know, if you look at the cup and a pessimist would say a cup is half empty and a optimist would say the cup is half full. But I just want us to understand that Jesus is saying, I want my joy to be made full in you. I want to to cause it so that your cup is so full it overflows. So we're going beyond just being a, an optimist that says, my cup is half full. We're going to the place where we say, 
My, my cup is overflowing with the goodness of God. And this, this word overflow, if you look at it in, in the Hebrew language, it actually has this idea of abundance, that my, my life is so full, I have the abundance of joy, the abundance of peace, the abundance of love, the, the abundance of courage that is overflowing out of my life. When your joy is full, your tank is full. Um, and I love this idea that's in this passage that, that it says, in the presence of my enemies, you're preparing a table for me. You're anointing my head with oil. In other words, it's not just when all the enemies go away that God fills us with joy, but it's the truth is in the presence of enemies, whatever the enemies of life are, you know, whether it's the enemy of sickness or the enemy of struggle with our work or the enemy with whatever situation that we're facing, the Bible says that in the presence of that enemy, God sets a table for us and our cup can overflow. Acts 15, verse 32 says, the disciples were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. There's a strong connection between your relationship with the Holy Spirit, with the person of the Holy Spirit, and the joy that's in your life. The Holy Spirit is joyful. So when your joy is full, your tank is full. And Jesus often wanted to remind us that when we pray, when we are listening to his word, that our joy could be full, that his joy would be full inside of us. Idea number six that I want to talk about in terms of rejoicing always is express your joy. Express your joy. Psalm 35 verse 27 says, let them shout for joy and rejoice who favor my vindication. Let them say continually, the Lord be magnified who delights in the prosperity of his servant. I love this verse. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. God delights in the prosperity of his servant. God delights, <coughs> excuse me, in your prosperity, in my prosperity. But what I really want to focus on in this verse is this idea that we would shout for joy and rejoice. Uh, and it, if the truth is, if you were to take a, a concordance of some kind, whether you had the software to do it or whether it was a, a paper, you know, like a book type of concordance, and you were to look up the word joy, you would find repeatedly, especially in the Psalms, this idea of shout for joy. It's the idea of expressing your joy. That's what rejoicing is. Rejoicing is the expression of our joy. One of those verses, Psalm 47, verse 1, says, Oh, clap your hands, all peoples. Not just people who have an excited personality, but the truth is all of us can enter into and should enter into this expression 
clapping our hands before the Lord, shout to God with the voice of joy. I love this idea, clapping your hands, shouting to God with the voice of joy. Godly worship is exuberant. Godly worship is loud. (laughs) It's clapping. It's shouting. You don't just shout with a with a whisper. You raise your voice. And the Bible is often saying over and over, shout for joy, shout with joy. And I'm gonna tell you why this is important. Because there's something powerful about the words that come out of your mouth. There's something that has an impact on your soul. There's something that has an impact on the spiritual realm, the atmosphere around us. When, when we are expressing, because it's a lot of times people could express negative words and that creates a negative atmosphere. But there's something about releasing joy, uh, expressing joy, expressing worship that is powerful, that has an impact on you, but also has an impact on the atmosphere around you. Psalm 30, verse 5 says, His anger is but for a moment, but his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may last for the night. In other words, there may be night seasons (laughs) where we are weeping, where we feel sad, where we are bothered. But a shout of joy comes in the morning. I love this idea. A shout of joy is going to come in the morning. You know, it may be that this past season has been exceedingly difficult for you in some arena. Maybe your, your family life has been strained or your finances are, have been strained or your mental health, your emotional health has been streamed. Maybe you fought through sickness. There's so many things that could have happened in our in our life that we might feel like I'm just I'm weeping (laughs) is what's going on in my world. But the Bible says this even though you might be weeping for the night, a shout of joy comes in the morning. I think it's important to step back and get a little bit of perspective here. Because this verse is telling us that his anger seems to last for a moment, but his favor lasts for a lifetime. In other words, the dominant flow of God towards you and me, the lifetime flow of God towards you and me, is a flow of favor, of God's hand of blessing on our life. And I think sometimes when we go through tough seasons, uh, whether it's this tough season that we've all kind of shared together or whether it's a personal tough season and we may have been weeping for the night, sometimes we can get, we can get stuck in that and we can think this is all there is. But the Bible says there is going to be a shout of joy in the morning. It might have been tough for a season, but the favor of God, the goodness of God, the blessing of God, the, you know, the provision of God is coming to your life. His favor lasts for a lifetime. Don't let a tough season make you forget about the long story 
of God's favor and faithfulness in your life. Number seven idea that I want to talk about is this. God's seekers are full of joy. God's seekers are full of joy. Psalm 40 verse 16 says, let all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let those who love your salvation say continually, the Lord be magnified. God, the Bible describes God's seekers are rejoicers. And I think that's not the picture a lot of people would hold in their mind about believers, about Christians. I was reading an article the other day, and uh, a survey was made of people who were outside of the church and asking them, what do they think about Christians? What words come to mind? And these were some of the words that came to mind. Critical, judgmental, hypocritical, harsh, phony, insensitive, bigoted, exclusive. <laughs> well, I realize that not every person's assessment or opinion really is valid, but I do think that a lot of people, when they think about God seekers, when they think about believers, they're not, the first word, the first picture that's coming to mind in them is not a picture of somebody who's full of joy. But I think that's the way God wants us to be. That's what this verse is telling us. Let all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. I remember when I first gave my heart to the Lord, um, I had just turned 18. I was working in a grocery store in New Orleans, and uh, I was witnessing to everybody, anything that would stand still. Really, I'd had such a turnaround in my life. And I remember one particular young man that I had witnessed to a, a bunch and had shared my faith with Christ, and he just was like not interested and told me out and out. He said, that's good for you, but not for me. A couple years later, after I would, had quit working at that store, I get a knock on my door, and it's this young man. And he said, I just want to tell you that while we're working together, I was watching you. And he said, I, I always was impacted by the, the joy that you had about living and the peace that you carried. And it, verbally, he's telling me, I'm not interested. That might be good for you, not good for me. But really, in his own soul, He's looking at me, and I'm thinking about all the times where I may not have had the best attitude or whatever, but he's looking at me, and he's saying, man, there's joy in that guy's life. There's peace in that guy's life. And he was coming to tell me that he had just given his life to Christ, and it was the impact of my testimony that had been a big part of him coming to know the Lord. I think that's a beautiful thing, that people, you know, you may not realize that people are watching your life. They are watching the way you respond to difficulty. They're watching the way you respond to tough things. And if, and if we can respond, not with phony, you know, fake, positive uh, psychology, but if we can respond with joy, if we can respond with rejoicing, if we can keep locating the positive zone, you have no idea what impact that is bringing into people's lives. People are watching you, even if you don't think that they are. 
uh, Psalm 16, verse 11 says, you'll make known to me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. I'm talking about God seekers are rejoicers. In your right hand, there are pleasures forever. In the presence of God is fullness of joy. Maybe one of your best moves to get filled up, to fill your tank up with the joy of the Lord is to set yourself to seek after God. In other words, get in your Bible and read it, meditate on it, and think about it, and, and get it inside of your soul. Have a prayer time. Walk around your house and, and play some worship music. Enter into a time of worship, even while you're riding in your car, because in his presence is fullness of joy. God seekers are rejoicing people. Number eight, I have two more ideas that I want to give you. Number eight is this. Rejoice in this season. Rejoice in this season. Psalm 118, verse 24 says, This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in this day. <laughs> I, I have meditated on this scripture a lot in the last few days because this, the Bible is not saying that will be the day that we should rejoice or that was the day when we should rejoice. But the Bible says, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I will be glad in it. When you live with the assurance that God is in control of the day, that he is ordering your steps, that you have surrendered to him and he is causing all things to work together for your good. You can, you can stop and, and go to that space where I, you can say, this is the day, this is the season, this is the time that God has given to me. And so your day, it might be, you know, your kids are, are either blessing you or frustrating you. Uh, you know, it, it could be your spouse. You could look at your life. You could even take a, a look at where you stand spiritually. And the, the, there's enough ingredients that are there for us to locate a positive, a locate a reason to rejoice. This is the day the Lord's made. I'm going to rejoice in this day. I'm going to be glad in this day. Not when things get better, am I going to start rejoicing? Not when things get easier, am I going to start rejoicing? Not even when things get back to normal, whatever that's going to be. Am I, but this day, today, this season, I'm going to rejoice and be glad. You know, I think all of us are going to look back on this last season, 2020, and as we move into 2021, and then realize at some point we have, we have lived in a monumental uh, moment of history. We have lived in and through something that has never been experienced, certainly not in my lifetime, uh, that there's going to be a story 
to tell about how you and I walked through this season. And I want the story that's told of me as I walk through this season. I haven't done everything perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but I want the story to be told of me. He didn't lose his joy. He didn't lose his faith. He didn't lose his desire to move forward in God. And that should can be the story for all of us when we can stop and recognize how powerful the hand of God can be. The story is going to be told about you and me uh, in this season. What is that story going to be? What is that story going to be told like? So my encouragement to you is, come on, let us rejoice in today. The last idea that I want to talk about is, is this. Number nine, rejoice always. Philippians 4.4 says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Now, you remember if you were here around for the message last week, there was a previous verse in Philippians where Paul saying, I don't, um, it doesn't bother me to remind you again to rejoice in the Lord. Here he is coming back again. He said, I'll say it again. <laughs> I'll say it again. I've been preaching this idea for 30 years at least, and I'm not uh, bothered at all to say it again. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'll say rejoice. I like this word always. Uh, if you were to look up synonyms for always, you could, you could call it regularly. In other words, rejoice regularly. Rejoice invariably. Rejoice consistently. I like that. Rejoice perpetually. Rejoice everlastingly. Uh, rejoice continuously. Rejoice always. Don't lose your joy. The whole emphasis uh, of the book of Philippians is Paul in a jail cell writing about this message of joy and rejoicing. And the truth is, if you look at this verse, it says rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. It's not a suggestion. It's a command from heaven. The command is rejoice. There's a command to rejoice. And I love this idea, and I think this is such an important concept. The command is to rejoice in the Lord. You know, there's other things that can legitimately bring you joy or bring you happiness. And I know people sometimes go, happiness comes from happenings, uh, that sort of thinking. And I'm not too particular about all of that. But, but I know that there are friends that can bring happiness or joy and that we can rejoice over. There are victories in our life. There are circumstances that might be working our way. But this is, this is actually the Bible telling us about something different. Don't just rejoice in something going well. Don't just rejoice in people, but rejoice in the Lord always. Make sure your rejoicing is in the Lord. Make sure God is the center of where you are getting your joy from. 
Because here's the truth. My marriage, this next year, 2021, I will have been married for 40 years, and I am crazy about my bride. My marriage brings me so much joy, but I can promise you I get frustrated with my wife sometimes, just like I'm sure she gets frustrated with me. My kids have brought me so much joy, but the truth is they have also brought me some frustration. Hey, listen, my church brings me so much joy, but in in many situations, my church has brought me tons of frustration as well. And what I want to say to you is that there people, you know, whether it's your spouse who you're crazy about or your kids or whatever is in your world, your work or anything that's in your life, there's stuff that, yes, it can bring you some happiness, but it can also bring you a level of frustration as well. And the Bible is encouraging us to rejoice in the Lord always. It's okay to rejoice in those other things, but if you're really going to walk in rejoicing continuously, perpetually, all the time, you got to make sure that you're walking in the joy of the Lord. You know, I think one of the reasons that you and I can, can rejoice in the Lord always is because we can trust the fact that God is watching over our life, that God is taking all of the stuff, whether it's been easy or hard, whether it's been difficult or not, God can take all this stuff that is happening around us, happening to us, even happening in us, and he can work it together for our good. And I think a recognition that it is the heart of God and it is the the intent of God that you and I would walk in fullness of joy gives us this permission to move into this place of joy. I can trust God with my life. I can know that it's his will that I would live rejoicing. I want this for you. I want you to be able to trust God with every part of your life. And so today, I would just love to pray with you. Come on, this is the last Sunday of 2020. What a great day it would be for us to say yes to Jesus. Maybe you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. I'd love to pray with you. Maybe you used to be close to God, but come on, you know you're not where you want to be, where you could be, where you know you should be. Or maybe you just feel unsure about where you stand and your relationship with the Lord. Hey, could we just all pray this prayer out loud together? Everybody that's listening to this, just say these words. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I want you in my life as my Lord. I know I've sinned. I've messed up. But I come to the cross where you paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start. It's a new beginning as I surrender to you. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. God bless you guys. Happy New Year to you.